Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself this morning. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs. We have our small business owners. We have our local business owners. And I already hear somebody on the line is typing, so excited about this. I'm pretty excited, too. We have our marketing and business coaches. We have our folks who help others build their businesses. And then we have our do-it-yourselfers who like to have their own hands on the levers as they market and grow their business. If you're one or more of the above, explore episodes, take a moment for yourself, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Now, funny thing, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we tend to have so much value for you that not only am I the host, but I am also in the audience with you with my pen and paper out, or in my case, my laptop, and I may be typing along as well, capturing that slight edge for my business. So we're in this together, and today, we're going to do something a little bit different than what we normally do on the Business Creators Radio Show. It's related, but it's going to take a certain angle here that I've been wanting to explore for a while. We've had a couple other guests that have covered similar topics. They've all been outstanding. Uh, but for the first time in this manner, we are going to be covering how to empower women to have it all. And we're going to explore some raw truths about our guest today that makes her such an amazing person to connect with in an interview. As soon as I saw her application to be on the Business Creators Radio Show come in, I turned to my assistant and I said, get me this one first. And she obliged, which is fantastic. And for that reason, I am beside myself with delight to have Snow Saxman on the line with us. So, Snow, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, you have quite a story to tell, as you shared with us in the green room. And what I normally do at the beginning of these episodes is I read off the official bio, but I'd rather you just tell us the story. So what I'd like to do is for those of our listeners who have not had the opportunity to get to know you yet, to tell us a little bit more about what has brought you to the intersection of your brilliance and passion and what you do for entrepreneurs today. Awesome. Would love to. So I am originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia. I grew up in in an amazing home, a great part of town, nice neighborhood, grew up with luxury cars. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was an executive at a company. But I grew up being sexually abused from the time I was a toddler by a male family member until I was a teenager, which led me to um, have very obviously low self-esteem and a lot of issues. So I married the first guy who paid attention to me, and he turned out to be extremely abusive and was really just, you know, a predator looking for someone he could control and abuse. So I got married, had a baby, and got divorced all while I was in college. Um, he ended up leaving me, which was devastating. Um, even though he was so abusive, it was a, a very big loss and very traumatic for me. And so after I graduated college, I took my two-year-old daughter and I moved to Florida. I graduated with an accounting degree, and I got a job at Walt Disney World, which Everyone already thought it was kind of crazy. I just picked up and moved, you know, 22 years old. I had this daughter, you know, I knew no one in Florida, but I just knew I had to get out of, you know, this state where I lived and and go somewhere new and start over. And so I got a job at Walt Disney World as an entry-level accountant and 
Everyone thought it was amazing. I even did. I was going through the gates of Walt Disney World every day. My daughter actually went to preschool on Disney property, and it literally, you know, was this amazing start, you know, to the American dream. And, you know, I did everything right. I went to college, and I got this job. And within a few months, I was literally, like, suffocating. I I just knew that I wanted to control my time, and I was never going to do that working for someone else, and then I got my first raise of a dollar an hour, and my, like, whole life flashed before my eyes, and I thought, I cannot do this for 40-some years, and so um, after nine months, I quit. I went back to graduate school to get my master's in business, and I started my first consulting firm doing um, small business consulting, helping small businesses with accounting, with taxes, with forming corporations, and helping them just overall start up when they were brand new, and one of my first clients was my husband today, and we ended up uh, falling in love immediately. We got married at Walt Disney World, and we started from another client, a multi-million dollar construction real estate company, and I was doing everything I wanted to do. I was the CFO, which is the, the vision I had for myself in college. I was doing all the legal stuff, all the tax stuff, running, you know, this multi-million dollar company from the financial side, but there was just something missing. And to make a long story short, I ended up buying a um, salon. And I love the idea of making women feel better about themselves. And now I understand there was just this always underlying desire to help women that I didn't really know was there. And I was just trying to find a way to to fill this gap that I had. And so that ended up being a horrible failure. Lost a lot of money. Had to close it down. And I turned right around if that wasn't enough and bought a ladies fitness franchise. And again, the idea of helping a woman feel better about herself um, was kind of the theme. And uh, that turned into another failure. Buying businesses is, is really not always the best idea. But um, so I'm inside my second failing retail location. The economy is starting to crash. And of course, because of my background and because we lived in Orlando, I could see it coming because the, the bubble was just growing too big, too fast. Things were just really getting out of hand and with the economy and the prices of homes. And so we kind of saw it coming and I thought, you know, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what we're going to do. So I started looking for an opportunity that was recession proof. And um, I ended up deciding to um, start a Mary Kay business because other franchise owners were talking about the fact that they were making more money selling makeup and skincare out of their gyms than they were with the gym memberships. And I was all open to another source of income that I could do in this gym that would line up with that uh, without having to give up anything. So I started my business. I fell in love with this company. I became a leader very quickly, earned a car in six months, and I just fell in love with the direct sales opportunity because it gave me freedom, flexibility, and unearned, you know, unlimited earning potential, and I was stuck in this gym. And I thought, even if I do make the same amount of money, I'm going to be stuck here. And so I closed the gym down. I thought, this is it. I'm going to you know, work this business. I love it. It's all about women. I can teach them business. I can teach them finances. And I hit a brick wall. I began a roller coaster. So I would do really, really well. And then I would like crash and burn. And about this same time, um, my husband and I were still, um, like I was a millionaire by age 25. And about this time was a few years later, was my late 20s. Um, so by this time, we still had a lot of money and we got into a very crazy, what I call rock star lifestyle. So we were right. um, basically like between Orlando and Miami, just living, you know, strip clubs, underground, crazy stuff, you know, drugs. I was um, addicted to cocaine and I was really just trying to, um, you know, fill the void of 
all these years of, of abuse that I had endured, physical, sexual, and emotional, you know, and not, not healing and not working through those things. And so um, I just began to hit brick walls because I needed to deal with all of these things. It started with um, me attempting um, to take my life, and then after um, that was unsuccessful, thank God, um, I began to um, attempt to deal with all of the abuse, and um, I was told to tell my family, and when I told my family, they disowned me because, of course, it's easier to, you know, just think that I'm lying and making all this up, and so it's been about 10 years since that happened, and we still don't talk today, and and it was actually through our Mary Kay business that I did begin to start some healing because the company that Mary Kay started was based off of God's first, and the company is just very empowering, very, you know, um, you know, positive, and, and the, the, the model is designed to grow you personally while building a business. So I, I did begin, you know, to heal through this amazing company, but I was hitting these roadblocks, and um, I went back to doing what I knew I could do um, because I wasn't making the money I wanted to in Mary Kay, which was consulting. So I began doing business consulting again, tax planning. I didn't really want to do it, um, but I knew I could make money. I knew I was good at it. I I really I have an extensive knowledge of the tax, the laws, not just preparation, but strategy, laws, statutes. So I knew I could make money doing that. So I went back to do that to make some money, and then I was still hitting these brick walls. And basically, one day I just threw myself on the ground, and uh, we were living on food stamps. We were bankrupt. We literally had just filed bankruptcy, um, and I was trying everything I could, and nothing was working. And so I just threw myself on the ground, and I just cried out to God and said, I don't know what you're waiting on to bless me. I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I know how to build a business. That's not, obviously not a problem. Um, what are you waiting on, you know, to bless me? And he said, no, you're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. And I literally was like, what? <laughs> I don't think I'm the problem. I, I, I think I know what to do. And he basically showed me my mindset was the problem and that everything that I was seeing around me was actually a result of my own limited thinking, my own fears and negative beliefs around money. And so I began to work with my first coach. And then um, I continued uh, in a program with her. And then I eventually became my own coach. I studied neuroscience, became a master neuroscience coach. And um, I wanted to, I realized, you know, the power of the mind. And so that's how I began to develop this brand of bringing everything that I love into one, which is empowering women, helping them move past limiting beliefs that are holding them back while also teaching them business and financial strategies because I can teach you how to build a multi-million-dollar business, but if your mind's not right, it's not going to matter. If there's something holding you back, you're not going to realize the success you want until you literally, you know, free your mind, basically, and um, and really work into the power that you have instead of being stuck where you are. So that's my passion. That's my my brilliance, my crossroad, and what I what I just love doing. Well, we can just end this interview right now because if our listeners aren't sufficiently inspired by that story to just go out there and, like, do stuff, then I don't know what else to tell them. No, no. But seriously, though, uh, you have inspired me because everybody in entrepreneurship, every business creator goes through challenges and things that they experience in their lives. No matter how much we believe as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as business creators, we can just draw a line and say that other crap that other people deal with, that doesn't affect me because I'm a powerful entrepreneur. Fact is, we're, you know, we're just people like everybody else and stuff affects us. We go on social media and we see everybody's got a seven figure business and they're all on vacation 10 months a year and their kids are superstars and, and they've got the perfect family, the perfect life, the perfect house. 
the perfect everything. Uh, but what you don't see in all those self-congratulatory social media posts are two things. Number one, you don't see the 20 years that led up to that overnight success. And beyond that, you're looking at their highlight reel. You don't see the footage that made that never made it off the cutting room floor. Whereas we see what makes it, what makes it to our cutting room floor before it goes there. So for us, it looks like, boy, how the heck did we get this far? And why is everybody else so much more successful than me? And then we look at what is really going on here, and we find out that you never know who you could be next to, you could be in conversation with, and some of the struggles that they have experienced. Now, there's a question that I ask uh, every expert who appears on Business Creators Radio Show, and I believe we can hear the drum roll in the background. And I can't wait to hear your answer to this. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me that they have everything they need to implement, anything that anybody says they need to do, except for time and money. This is a question we ask everybody who appears here. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, Snow, how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today in the next 50 minutes? Time, how does time and money impact what I'm about to share? Well, time is the only resource that we cannot get back, and it's your only limited resource. So, for me, how I spend my time is very strategic and methodical because I, my one-on-one -on -one time is extremely sacred to me, and it's what I teach my people. Um, you know, so valuing that, number one, but also understanding how to work in it because a lot of the things and the, the women I talk to and teach and coach is they don't understand even how their physical bodies work and how time affects them and, and how you have to get enough sleep and you have to manage your time, not just like business, but also your self-care and your the spiritual side and your emotions and you have to take a day off and there's so many things that come into time management that will then create more money when you um, learn how to operate and have better time management on top of things like delegation and normal business stuff that you need, you know, as far as time management. Right. So I got to tell our listeners, there's a bunch of stuff that you shared before we went online with me. You haven't even shared with our audience. So if you thought, for those listening, thought that snow has come through an incredible amounts of peaks and valleys and obstacles to reach where she is today, you don't know the half of it. Actually, you don't know the third of it. Uh, but what I'd like to do first is I'd like to explore a little bit more your tipping point. Uh, I believe the tipping point, and correct me if I'm, in, if I'm mistaken here, was when you threw yourself to your knees and begged God uh, to let up on you already and finally let you break through if I heard you correctly. So if that was the tipping point, that's great. If there was another one we still need to know about, just tell us what made you change your life from that spiral you were on to where you are now. It, it was. That was the tipping point. Like I said, we had just filed bankruptcy. We were living on food stamps, and I was just waiting on something to happen. I fell into a trap of not utilizing my gifts and talents and then getting stuck into a lack mentality of thinking that, there wasn't enough money because we did have the million-dollar home. We did, you know, have money more than we could, you know, even know what to do with, so we had freedom, and then we lost it all. And, and the truth is, is when you go through any type of trauma, your brain is going to remember that. And so, and trauma doesn't have to even be that traumatic. The brain can record trauma, you know, that isn't even as traumatic as some of the things I've been through, but you will end up 
doing things over and over again because of that. So it was it was my own thinking and not conditioning my mind every day and not really, you know, I thought I believed, but I really didn't believe enough. And so I knew that this was not God's best. I knew that, you know, we weren't supposed to be living on food stamps and <laughs> filing bankruptcy. Like that's not, you know, what God really has for, for anyone. And so that's why I just threw myself and he told me I was the problem. So that was pretty shocking <laughs> to me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see this, I see this meme that goes around online sometimes. You know how they say that God doesn't give us anything we can't handle? And you have the person saying, all right, God, I got this. Uh, I, I can handle it. Now give me the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So true. So uh, from what I'm gathering here is that mindset had a lot to do with your shift. So can you tell us more about the power of mindset and how it's affected your life? Yes, yes. So when I threw myself on the ground and then God began to reveal stuff to me, what he showed me was um, I was constantly holding on to money. And so basically because we lost so much, um, when money would come in, I would be afraid to pay bills. So literally it was so bad that I knew when all of the bills would get shut off. I knew when the electric electricity would get shut off, the cable, the phone, and I would hold the money until literally the day that I knew they were going to get shut off because I was just trying to hold on to it, thinking I would, you know, not knowing when I was going to get more and thinking that was the way to do it. And what God showed me was he literally showed me the visual of my hands closed. And as my hands were closed and I held on to the money and I did not release it, that my hands were not open to receive more. So that was a really powerful visual for me to see that, gosh, my hands are closed. I can't get anything more. And when I open them and release money, you know, I, I'm open to receive more. And so that's the, the big light bulb that went off for me, and that's when I began to study the brain more. I actually had studied um, post-traumatic stress because of I went through that in my 20s. I studied a lot of psychology in college because I was always interested in the brain and, and, you know, the way the brain works and the way where you responded. Um, so when I began my first coaching, I had a lot of, you know, that kind of background, but I really began to get into it even more. And I went through that neuroscience master coaching, and the, the brain is just so powerful. People just don't realize it's constantly processing information all the time. Like it's the most complex supercomputer that ever exists. It can never create anything as powerful or intricate as the brain. Even when you're sleeping, it's processing information. And if you don't condition it every single day, literally all day long, if you're not intentional about what's going in, it is going to create a reality around you that you aren't even aware of. And that's really what most people do. They're programmed from the time they're young. Our core beliefs are actually developed between ages two and five. So when a baby is born, it has no conscious brain. It only has a subconscious brain. And at about age two, the conscious brain begins to form. And that's the part of the brain that makes decisions. So this is where the terrible twos come into play. You know, we, we call toddlers, like, terrible. And it's not that they're terrible. Their conscious brain is just now forming, so they're able to make a decision. So that's why you get that, no, I don't want to do that. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? Where did this come from? It's really just the conscious brain developing. So from age two until five, whatever is put into that child programs it for life. And that's with politics, you know, money, food, where you live, you know, religion, everything is programming this child. And a child that's about age two, as most people kind of know, now know today, can learn multiple languages at one time because of the power that's happening in the development of their brain. But unfortunately, most of us from age two to five, we're not really programmed the right way. And, and then what happens is 
in elementary school, life experiences just compound what you already believed and were taught. And, and you're taught things indirectly and directly. So you could experience things and it, it programs your brain. Your parents could say things constantly like there's never enough money or we can't afford that or the rich only get richer or things will never work out for us or it always happens that we can never get ahead. And so if you are a child and you're hearing this constantly, constantly, then that's the programming and then life will just either compound that and then the brain, the more you hold the thought or image, it just continues to make it stronger and stronger. So it's very difficult to break at first, it, it requires so much intention, but it can be broken. It, it literally can. The neural pathways are literally like super highways. It's like concrete being poured in your brain. So the more you think about something over and over and over again, the stronger it becomes until it becomes a habit. It's automatic. It's like walking. You know, we all fell down and we all went through all this stuff, but eventually now we walk without even thinking about it. With the same things happening with what you're consciously thinking about. I always say you have to think about what you're thinking about. And so every day, like the first thing I do when I teach all my people this is that I get up and I condition my mind and I connect with God before I ever do anything. And I will never, ever stop doing that as long as I live because that's how powerful conditioning your mind is. I just thought of something here. Uh, first of all, let me state for the record, I was an awesome toddler. There was nothing terrible about me. I was a fantastic toddler. I was deaf for a part of the time, but I was a great toddler. Now, what happened was is when I was very young, I suffered some kind of illness. I can't remember the name of it, but it caused this fluid buildup in my brain or my head or something like that, and it was blocking my ability to hear. So eventually, it occurred to people like, hey, he hasn't said mama or papa or cat yet. What's up with that? And so they found out that I had this big blockage here. And uh, since then, I've always felt in my life, at some degree or another, it's something I'm aware of and I work on, that I'm making up for lost time. And that seems to be a recurring pattern in my life. And then going back to this whole toddler thing, and you've, you've shared with us what I've been looking for somebody to come on this show to finally say, is that when we're born, our brains don't have this programming. We're basically a blank slate. And it's what happens a lot during our toddler years and then also during our other formative years. And even to a degree as, uh, as adults that cause us to, and I like to work this word this carefully, behave in certain ways. So what I like to say, and I want to get your thoughts on this actually, you know, this, this is great, I, I love this, is I will never consciously, I, I slip every once in a while, but I'll never consciously call anybody a name or say that anybody is any word that ends in I-S-T, unless it's something like nationalist or phlebotomist or something like that. You know what I mean by the I-S-T words. It says that somebody has a hatred or, um, or a dislike of something. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Because I don't think anybody is. I think it's just the way that they're programmed. And if they're programmed that way, they can be unprogrammed the same way or maybe a different way, but it can be done. So no, so I'm just going to, I'm going to pick uh, a word that everybody just loves to throw around these days. And I think it's pertinent to what we're talking about, the word misogynist. I don't believe there are misogynists out there. I believe there are people who have learned those behaviors and have learned those expressions and that way of being, but I don't think anybody is themselves a misogynist. I think that they, they may behave in manners consistent with misogyny, but I also believe that it's not the whole of their character, number one, and number two, that 
their mind can be shown another way of being and another way of performing. So rather than attack somebody and say, oh, they're a misogynist, I would say, well, that's a kind of a misogynist thing for somebody to say. Why don't we find a better way to do this? I want to get your thoughts on that because that's especially, you know, these days, that's a really big deal. I absolutely agree. It, it goes back to what I said about from age two to five, your core beliefs are developed. So whatever you're taught about anything, and the big ones, of course, you know, are politics, religion, money, the government, the police, right? Like these are all really big things that people grow up with, and then they have these beliefs as, you know, younger children, as adults, and, um, you know, a lot of the beliefs um, are underlying in hate, and it's really just passed down. It is. It is taught, and I hate. And um, anything that someone doesn't, you know, like is honestly um, a belief that is programmed into them. It's, it's, it's taught, like it's passed down, and, and you really can change what is passed down. And it does require a lot to change the programming, especially when the programming happens at a young age, like from that age of two to five, because that is literally the core of that person being developed. That's why those years are so important. Like I had um, a surprise baby at age 37. He just turned three. And right. I had just go gone through this program, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I am so protecting what I do. Like we, we actually got a chance to get one right. That's how I see it. Like this child, so what we said around him was completely different than what we did with all the other children because – of this very thing. You literally can program them. And I know that seems like a strong word to some people, but it's true. And you can rewire what is there, but it takes literally thousands and thousands and thousands of repetitions. So when I was first rewiring and re, you know, programming the beliefs that I had at different stages, I would literally create these, you know, mantras or affirmations I would speak, and I would say them sometimes hundreds of times a day because I knew it's literally going to take thousands and thousands of repetitions because if you think about it, if you're growing up in a home and every day money is an issue and people are saying, we can't afford this, we never have enough money, you've literally heard that as a child thousands of times, and that's why you grow up thinking the same thing and so it requires that much effort and one of the problems is people it's just like a diet or it's just like any healthy lifestyle change someone wants to make or working out um, it requires daily consistency to reprogram those neural pathways in the brain and if you stop within the first 90 days it's for one day it's like starting back over again so you literally have to be so intentional and be ready for change like you're so sick and tired of where you are just like I was that you, you will do whatever it takes, and what it takes is conditioning your mind every single day. Have you ever thought of running for president? Because you can, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, seriously, seriously, you could fix our, our country. Uh, the Business Creators Institute, which is my company, has a very specific thing, and we've made a formal statement about this. Uh, you know, And this is an evergreen topic. It comes and goes every year, every two years, every four years. It can be going on in the world, any part of – any time. Uh, you know how, especially when we get into election cycles and politics and things like that, things can get really ugly. Yeah. And people, and people say and do things, especially online, and you look at them and you're thinking, is this how they behave at dinner parties? Is this how they behave with their friends? Do they, like, say this <laughs> stuff when they go off for happy hour? How can somebody have such an unbelievable reaction like, well, if you have that sort of thing, just unfriend me now. We have nothing in common. Are you kidding me? Or, 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 or that candidate's going to destroy our country. 
Now, what I say, and I have a hard time getting people to like this, you know, click like, you know what I'm referring to, is I say, instead of attacking <laughs> that candidate, why don't you send them positive vibes? Because if they win, number one, they're going to be your leader. They're going to be your representative. They're going to be whatever it is they're running for. And number two, they're going to have a very difficult job no matter what. So why not send them some energy? Why not send them some positive vibes that if you don't like the path they're taking, that maybe they'll find the strength to find a different path or once they have what it is that they're going for, that they will do good things. And wouldn't the world be a better place? It would. It would. And I honestly believe that people forget because they just get so wrapped up. And, I mean, it, it, it can happen to any of us, but they forget that they're still just a person. I mean, at the end of the day, the president is still a human being. And, and right. there's also a, a respect to the office. Like, regardless of, you know, what you, you know, think or who got elected, you know, the whole thing about the democracy and whether it's corrupt or not, you know, the fact is they're the president. And so and well, I used to say this because – I'm really big into economics, obviously, you know, I have a strong right. background and, you know, I study my master's in business, so I get things, you know, that some people wouldn't, but, um, you know, <laughs> the truth is, is that um, people say things like, uh, I remember the last president, oh, the economy is going to go, it's crazy, you know, the dollar's going to drop, all this stuff is going to happen, this and that, and, and, and nothing happened, and honestly, nothing changed one way or the other, nothing, you know, we're still all here, you know, like, yeah. n no, there was no miraculous, you know, thing, and there was no, there was no doomsday thing that happened either with the last president, so it's like, people, and people are doing the same thing this time around, like, it's just very dramatic, and the truth is, is not that much changes drastically in, in four years anyway so right so if somebody listening to this 10 years from now because i expect the business creators radio show to be here 10 years i mean you know the year that we're recording this and you know some of the actors that are in the field right now this is probably one of the most how do i put this nicely dramatic cycles we've seen in our lifetimes and i'm yeah. gonna make a, i'm gonna make a bet with you that in 10 years from now we'll still be right here Yes, I agree. I'm going to bet you $100 that in 10 years from today that we're still going to have a country. People are still going to be creating businesses, uh, claiming their results, doing great things. Uh, the landscape may change to a certain degree, as it always will, just through natural evolution. But goodness gracious, people, pick one you like and vote for them. I mean, move on. Don't ruin your, your business and your friendships over it. It's silly. And don't you know stress nights thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen to me? Exactly. I agree totally. Right. And I, and, I, and I interjected this. I know this wasn't part of the original plan, but I mean, you're talking so much about mindset and you revealed how things that we feel and things that we believe and, you know, the same for other people is injected in them very early in their lifetime. So it doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them a great person. Uh, these are behaviors that they internalized and are now putting out upon the world. So why not send energy and why not set a positive example and show them that there's another way? I mean, you don't have to sit them down and have a chat with them necessarily, but show them that there's another way and they will get to that point where maybe they'll think about the choices they're making right now. And if they see you as an example of how things can be better, like, you know, I look at you, Snow, and I see the things that you've done with your life. Uh, you're a perfect example uh, somebody who may be in a in an interesting place in their life that there really is another way to do it. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And and my my theory is that it, you're supposed to start with one. Like literally, change starts with one. And the the one person that we can control is ourselves. And so that's right. why the, our most important priority should be us changing. You know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. And if we all just focus on us, then the the ripple effect that would happen in our families, our children, that's how we can create change in the future is by starting with us and then passing it down, you know, because we know when the programming is happening. So it starts with us and then passing on different values to our children, and then that will keep going and going and going, and then we'll see change. Right. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to shift this to the whole area of women entrepreneurs. And I know because we have, in fact, the majority of our listeners are women, and the majority of our public fans are women. Uh, I Last time I checked this, now it may Barry, again, because the world will keep going, about 61% of our guests have been women. I mean, that will vary depending on when you're listening to it, because we book without fear or favor, just whoever can deliver the best for our listeners. Uh, but I know uh, that women entrepreneurs face a special set of challenges and have a special set of opportunities. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. Well, obviously, some of the challenges or one of the challenges um, that's really at the core of my message and what I really want to help women do is the the family piece of it, is being able to balance being a full-time entrepreneur, a wife, you know, and a mother, especially when you have children. Obviously, they take up a lot of time. And so that is, you know, something that women have to think about and plan, um, and it's part of my mission to help women learn how to build a profitable business working smart, not hard, so they can have it all, so they can have more money but in a smart way because I believe that a career or job that keeps you busy 40 to 60 hours a week, you know, isn't going to serve um, your family the best, especially when you have children. And so the, especially going back to what we've been talking about, the fact that we need to be the primary influences in our children, especially young, because of what's developing in their brains. And if we want them to be a reflection of us and not social media, the Internet, TV, or anything else, then we've got to be the one that they hear more of during those very young, formative years. And thankfully, because of, you know, social media and the Internet, we can now do that in a way that wasn't able to be done before because, you know, I had been an entrepreneur since I was, 22 and the first business I did start was at home but then I had two retail businesses and you know a more traditional business model is going to keep you out of the home and so the online world gives literally us the opportunity to build an empire around our family and um, work you know different hours of the day because you can access people all over the world who are still awake if you put the kids to sleep and that's the only time you can work and so there are some challenges um, but with today's world and the technology, it really does open the door up for women to be able to have it all, more money, more choices, and more time with their family. Yeah, uh, that's what I meant by some of the special challenges and also some of the special opportunities. Now, as a man, I can't pretend to say I know how it feels. I don't know the miracle and the glory and the pain of childbirth, and I never will. Uh, I personally, right now anyway, although, as I said, this could change, I don't have children of my own right now. I mean, uh, I mean, I have two cats, and that in itself is just about a full-time job, but that doesn't even compare to a human. Uh, but, yeah, you pointed out something that's very important for our women entrepreneurs is there is a special um, attention paid 
to family, both the challenge and the opportunity. Uh, with the man, if you know, if a man's a workaholic, uh, well, he's just a guy that works hard to provide for his family. Is the best way you can look at that, right? If yes, a woman exactly. is a workaholic, she's abandoning the kids. Exactly. Not fair. It's not. It's not. But the world we live in today gives us great opportunities to, you know, be able to work around that. So that that's a great time that we live in. Right, right. So what are some of the things that you do to help women entrepreneurs specifically uh, to master these challenges and, well, be all they can be? Yeah, so um, most of what I teach is based on the traditional business plan model, um, but also adjusting for things like the fact that we're on the Internet and, and there's so many more what we call solopreneurs today instead of, you know, traditional businesses. So there's some things that you change. But the biggest mistake that I have found, and I literally have talked to thousands of women, you know, over the years and, you know, even men as well. Um, but the, and I learned, actually learned a statistic when I was um, in college that 90% of businesses fail, and I know other people know that statistic too. And, and um, I, we have a very large tax practice, so I've done, like, thousands of taxes over the last, um, 15 or so years as well, and so I see that most businesses aren't actually um, profiting, and really the one thing that's a key element is not having a business plan, and in traditional big business, some of them develop these business plans for three to five years before they launch, and m- most people, sadly, think about a business idea for three to five days, and then they launch, and so they're, they may have a great product, they may have a great service, maybe connected to a, a, like a direct sales and network marketing company. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to have a well-thought-out plan. There's so many pieces that go into developing, you know, a really great business plan. And that business plan allows you to work smart, not hard, and to understand how everything works together. So that's a big piece of what I do along with teaching women how to build an organization, how to delegate, how to not try to do it all yourself, especially high-achieving women like myself. Like, we've, you've got to focus on your gifts. Even when you're starting out, you can start delegating small things, and it doesn't have to cost a ton of money, but you've got to learn how to delegate so that, number one, the energy that you're spending trying to do something you're not good at or learn something you should never be doing to begin with, that energy can be multiplied when you focus in on what your gift is. And then understanding that, you know, there is a way to build a business. And um, I always say that you can't, um, just like you can't build a house without a house plan, you can't build a business without a business plan. And not everything is going to go right. It's not that you try to adhere to this plan and, you know, when things are going wrong, you're like, well, I'm sticking to the plan. No, part of a business plan is learning how to adjust, learning how to shift as the market changes or you feel something needing to change. So you have to be open to obstacles and how to work around them, open to opportunities to adjust the plan. But it's like if you were to want to go to an end destination and you didn't know where you're going, you would put a destination in the GPS and it would get you to where you want to go. Even if traffic is late or, you know, there's an accident or something happens, it may take you longer to get there. You may have to go a different route, but because you put the destination in the GPS, you will get there. And that's what the business plan does for people. And it's such a huge missing piece that um, keeps people spinning their wheels, really, and not working smart, not hard. So that's like the biggest way I do it. I do it in multiple ways, but that's really the foundation for what I'm doing. Right. Uh, you know, what's interesting about our interview here today is, um, and everybody who tunes into the Business Creators Radio Show knows, our guests 
go through a process of becoming guests on the Business Creators Radio Show, and part of it is they submit their own questions they would like me to ask. Now, the challenge I had with you is in just in telling me about your life story, you answered like half of them. So we have a little bit of extra time here, which is great, and there's still a couple other things on your list that we still want to cover, but a question has come into my mind. Sometimes you know, I do my best work while I'm in the arena, and you mentioned when you were talking in the green room that when you had your moment, you cried out to God and you told him uh, that it was time for him to take the weight off your shoulders, and he said, no, it's time for you to do it, or, or whatever that was, right? And in that very moment, you took $1,000 or more worth of drugs and paraphernalia and just threw it away. And I got to tell you, you're not the only person on the Business Creators Radio Show that's ever had an epiphany like that. We had another guest, one of our original guests, as a matter of fact, who had gone through a journey similar to yours. Uh, he was an internationally famous musician, uh, had a top 40 hit, and then drugs got him, and uh, he lost $5 million to drugs. And one night he looked in his mirror and he said, I'm not going to do this anymore. He took all his cocaine and his stuff because, uh, you know, his drug of choice was cocaine as well. And he threw it right out the window. Never looked back. Never touched drugs again. So wow, when, we talk about, when we talk about the addictive power of drugs, I think there are other addictions too, which are addictions to some of the ways we're conditioned, some of the negatives and how they continue to weigh on us. So tell it, So linking mindset and looking at the challenges of women entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, how can we have that moment where we look at the drug and we look at everything that we've invested in that we thought was an investment in ourselves or really was an investment in the habit and just throw it away? How can we do that? Right. Well, well I firmly believe, and I've seen it multiple times, in the power of God and getting out of our own way. And so in that moment for me, I had been trying to give up the drugs. I mean, I obviously I knew what I was doing was wrong. There was a lot of, you know, the time that it was fun, like, right? I had fun. We had fun times, but there was a lot of emotional hangovers, I used to call them. There was a lot of, you know, baggage that came along with that. And it got to a point where it became kind of old and I was wanting to quit. And so I was trying. I was probably trying for about a year and I couldn't. I would stop for a few days. And I would go right back to doing it again. And um, like you shared, I had literally just bought um, an ounce. I used to buy it by the ounce because I'm, I was still an accountant and I, it was cheaper that way. So I bought right. it in bulk so I could save money. And um, so I had just bought that. And I, I really did want to stop, but I couldn't. And it, again, was the, that programming was part of it because I had been doing it for so long. I was conditioning myself to do it. And so that's why I couldn't do it. You know, I had to. I could go a few days, and then I would get stuck right back into that neural pathway that was so strong because I had been doing it for so long, so many years. And so I cried out to God, and I said, if you're real, you have to take this because obviously I can't. And so he did. I literally threw it away, like I said, and I never touched it again. And, and to me, it is the power of releasing, you know, trying to do it yourself, and he's able to do that for you, and you really – have to come to a breaking point. I mean, that's where, you know, it happens. Change happens when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're ready. You know, they had a saying that the teacher appears and the student's ready. It's, it's all about you getting to a place where you're tired of what you're seeing and you want something different. You have to just throw yourself at it and go, I want change. And that's really when change will happen. So we can do this. Like, let's say we invested 
$5,000 on the website, and then a week later we find out the WordPress theme is just cracked. Now, we can agonize for six months over, well, how do we ever make that decision? How do we ever hire that designer? What, whatever happened? Uh, but what I would tell a client in that situation is, okay, do another one. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they, look, at, the they look at me like, they're, like my eyes are crossed, and I just told them the world was flat. It's like, what? I paid $3,500 for this, and, and, uh, and uh, I, I know the theme has a glitch, and it's giving these fatal errors right now, and I know we've, we've called the host three times. We've had the developer look at it. Uh, we had the designer try and fix it, but it's still there, and I'll just I'll pause, and I'll say, all right, throw it away. Build another one. Yeah, you can choose to focus on the good or focus on the bad. What you focus on is going to grow. And so that is, is so true. Just focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. Right, right. And I think that there's also some opportunity when we do throw things away because it liberates us. It only creates space for, that we can then refill with better things. But it was costing us money and time anyway, you know, back to time and money. So we can continue to spend the time or we can continue to spend the money or we can just stop investing in it and invest in something else. Exactly. Yes, I totally agree. Right. So uh, we have listeners out there who are struggling with mindset and are struggling with finances. They're in cash flow mode. Uh, that JV that was supposed to be great ended up cost them, um, costing them money. Uh, they got ripped off by somebody. Uh, uh, so-and-so charged your credit card, never rendered the services, but then fought tooth and nail when you charged back on them, and then you had to pay them anyway, and it laughed in your face, and the Better Business Bureau ignored you, or uh, you got robbed, or your stuff got hacked and stolen, whatever. You've had problems. So what are some of the actionable tips that you can share with our listeners to improve their life right now? Awesome, yeah. Going back to conditioning your mind daily, literally remembering your mind is a computer and whatever you put in it, it's going to give back to you in your results. So that focused, intentional time, praying, meditating, reading stuff, you know, leaders are readers, constantly bombarding your mind with the things that are where you want to go, people you want to, you know, turn, you know, be like, you know, surround yourself with those people. But another thing that gets people stuck and that can really get you out of um, stress mode, panic mode, especially when it comes to business, is, is asking yourself the right type of question because the brain is designed to give you an answer for everything. And what happens to a lot of people is that they have negative self-talk and they ask themselves things like, why does this always happen to me? And the brain goes, well, because you're stupid or because of this and because of that, because it's literally programmed and designed to give you an answer for everything. And so being very intentional. So if you're stuck in a money situation, instead of focusing on, you know, the lack of money or focusing on it always turns out this way, ask yourself, how can I create more money? And when you ask yourself that question, you'll get Great ideas. Ideas will come to you instead of saying, this always happens to me. And your brain goes, yeah, you're right. It always does happen to you. Remember this time and remember this time? Because your brain just designed to dig for and give you proof of, and sometimes it gives you false evidence. Literally, it will make stuff up because that's the way it's designed. And so being very intentional when you're stuck at any type of moment, whether it's money or a bad relationship, you know, or a situation, how can I make this better? How can I create more money? How can I make this relationship work? Because when you ask yourself better questions, I promise you will get better results. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful. It's all about the questions we ask ourselves and how that creates a new mind frame. 
for what we want to accomplish with our businesses and with our lives. I absolutely love that. And again, some of this stuff is really very simple and, you know, we've all been through this. Now, another thing I want to explore here, because we do have a couple extra minutes, which is great, is, you know, you told me in the green room your story about, uh, you know, starting with, uh, you know, the sexual abuse you suffered as a child, your first marriage, uh, some of the choices uh, you and your second husband made uh, in your early years together and things like that, the ups and downs of your business, the cocaine, we could go on and on and on and on and on. And what I've discovered with every entrepreneur, including myself, that I've been able to get to open up, more people have stories like that than you would imagine. And I think a lot of people are afraid to put themselves out there because it's, oh, what if, what if they find out that when I was 23 years old, uh, I, I slapped my boyfriend? Uh, or what if, uh, what if they find out that when uh, I was young and stupid, I got drunk and rear-ended somebody and just drove away? And it'll cause them to shy from the light of their own brilliance and fail to give that to the world because they're so afraid they'll be exposed. What do you say to that person? And I think a lot of people are on the edge of their seats right now wanting to hear this one. Yeah, I will say that your mess is actually your message. And it was actually, I, I just uh, published my first book and it's called Bankrupt to Six Figures. And I published it in January. And it's for this exact reason. I share my entire story which is tied to my entrepreneurial story as well, because what God told me one time, and you mentioned this in the beginning of the show, was that women look at me on social media, and he told me, he said, you look so perfect. You make six figures. Your pictures are perfect. They see your perfect family, and they think to themselves, well, she doesn't know what I've been through. They think to themselves, well, she's prettier than me, and she has it together. She has a nicer husband. You know, she doesn't know. She hasn't done the things that I've done in my life. And the truth is, I have. I do know. I have done. I've probably done more stuff than a lot of people <laughs> have even done that's right. wrong. And so that that's why I published a book. And if you go to my website, you'll see my story. My, my, my drugs, the sexual abuse, the things that I did, they're all on my website, my business website, because – you know, God told me, put them there because people are going to think, you know, they're going to relate to you in, in a piece and they're going to realize that if you can do it, if you can change, if you can go through hell and back, if you can make horrible decisions and come out of it, then there's hope for them too. And so that's what I have to say is your, mess, is your message and people will be drawn to you and you'll be more believable and they'll connect to you and you'll be able to help them and whatever your business is, whatever it has to offer, will actually do better when you share your story. Yeah, what yeah, I mean and what has um and what has you know inspired me to ask this question. Another thing I thought of while we were thinking about some of the things you've been sharing with us here is uh I was recently doing a presentation in front of a room of over 50 entrepreneurs and I was explaining this thing called the exploratory committee effect, which is a strategy for doing a pre-launch of a product or service. And I linked that to the idea of if you're thinking about running for a political office, you form what's known as an exploratory committee to get out there, start with fundraising, and start with messaging before you officially announce. And I said that one of the reasons you do an exploratory committee is in case some Polaroid suddenly shows up that you have to deal with, right? So you try and get that out of the way early. 
And uh, I had a and I had a woman on stage with me. We were doing a, a demo. As I was explaining the exploratory effect, and she got this look on her face like, "Oh crap, I have one." And then I looked out in the audience, and I saw a lot of those same uncomfortable glances. Like there's some photograph or some story about something they did back in the day that, oh boy, if somebody finds out about this, they're going to think I'm a I'm a loser, a pervert, or whatever it is. And I think we've got to move past that. I agree. I agree because we're all human and we all have a story, um, but it, and it actually makes us more human, like you said, not so picture perfect. Right, and I think that's great. So what I'd like to do here is, um, you know, we have about eight minutes left, and what I want to do now is I want to I want to shift this one more time, and I want to move a little bit more towards, uh, you know, what you can do for. For people, I mean, you have a wide variety of things. You teach by example. You do uh, you do the stuff with tax planning, which is very important. Uh, business planning. Your work with women entrepreneurs. So, uh, do you have an example of some work you've done that you think would inspire our, our listeners today to know that's really is possible? You can change the names in the in the cities to protect the innocent if you want to. <laughs> some work that we've done. You mean like some clients that I work with or things that I've done? Or yeah, tell, that yeah, tell, yeah, give us a good war story and how you achieve victory. A good war story. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. So one of the things that I'm really known for and one of my um, seven-figure online clients started calling me the tax ninja because <laughs> I um, literally take big, especially people who make six figures and seven figures, um, I've literally been able to save people thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars every single year in taxes with um, tax, like very strategic tax planning. And so, um, for example, I had um, someone who was a, a sole proprietor. They were making multiple six figures, and they they had they really had no systems in place whatsoever. There's um, several. I call them like the big five tax strategies that. Some people know about a couple of them, but most people don't know about them here in the U.S., and they are literally huge. They save people a ton, and there's things that people don't know about from an accounting standpoint. Like if you were to invest in your business, like you were to give your business money, you can pay yourself back that investment and not, you know, that's not taxable income. So I had a client who we were, I was doing all her tax planning and finishing, and she had mentioned, you know, how she took out money from her 401K, and she had used that to front the business. And I said, well, did you pay yourself back? And she said, well, no, you know, I just left it in there. And I said, okay, well, you can pay yourself back, and that becomes a business write-off. So I was able to save her another eight or $9,000 that year alone because she had given herself this money to start the company or to invest it at a certain point, and she never paid herself back. So that's a, a lot of, of what I'm known for as far as the tax strategy and helping people with those getting their money back legally from the IRS. Right. Okay, great. So as we wrap up here today, I know that we probably have some listeners on the edge of their seats. They may not admit it to me and they may not admit it to you in a public forum, but they may be admitting to themselves right now that uh, today needs to be the last day of the way things used to be and they're ready to take that bold step forward. So let me just give you the floor one more time and just tell us a little bit about something you have for our business creators and how our listeners can get more information from you regarding what you've shared with us today. Yes, so one of my current free gifts is my business plan checklist. Um, it literally is a step-by-step -step roadmap for success. It has every piece of a business plan, including money, taxes, marketing, legal, literally everything that you know, need to know for a business plan. And you can grab that at snowstartsmart.com. 
businesschecklist.gr8.com. That's great. Say that one more time. Or actually say it five times real fast. Snowstarts.businesschecklist.great.com. Now do it slower. We have fun here on this show. <laughs> I know. Snows, and snow is spelled with an E. The E is just silent. So it's snows, start, smart, business, checklist, dot, gr8.com. Great. And now I'm realizing I should have shortened that. <laughs> That's why we, I want you to say it three times, because I want our <laughs> listeners who have their pens and pads out that they can write that down. Uh, I'm also going to remind all of our listeners, just go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com and look up the profile for today's guest, Snow Saxman, S-N-O-W-E space S-A-X-M-A-N, and look in her profile details Find the website where it has the icon for Snow's website, click on it, and that's what it's going to go to because that's her gift to you today. That sounds like fun. Um, as soon as we get off the line here, I think I'm going to look it up for myself. Awesome. All right. So, uh, so again, Snow Saxman, uh, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. This has been an honor and an education. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And for everybody listening, uh, my name is Adam Homey. I am the host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes on www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And also, while you're at it, check us out on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us serve more business creators just like you. And, and fresh content will be hand-delivered straight to your iTunes software on your computer every single week. So that's it for today. Until next time, have a great day and take care.